0: Raise the Jolly Roger with a slick double play. And oh, what a stop, Hayes! There's one! Oh, zip zap kazoo! The Buckles just turned two! Ground ball, left side, picked. Oh, Castillo, a pretty play on the first, and a double play! In between hop and now throwing toward third base, a pick by Hayes! Oh, my goodness, what a play! Key Brian Hayes and Michael Chavis turn it into a double play.
1: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the 412 Double Play Podcast. I am your host, Michael Castorgano. With me, back again, my co-host, Ed Wassel. Ed, how are you doing today?
0: Not too bad. How about you?
1: Doing good. We had Yarkin uh, replacing you for uh, Spell last week. And he did pretty well. It's always good to have him on the show. First repeat guest. Uh, might be circling, uh, cycling in some other guys, but we'll uh, see. We don't have a guest this week. We'll hopefully be having one sometime soon. I'm I'm talking to several people to see about making that happen. But let's jump into our roster roundup for this week. Transactions for this past week: Quinn Priester sent back to Indy after another rough outing, with Johan Ramirez recalled to take his place on the fifteenth. G1 Bay was reactivated from the IL on the 17th. Jared Triolo optioned to Indy. And then today, August 20th, Angel Perdomo placed on the 15-day injured list with reported left elbow discomfort. Dowry Moretta was reactivated from the injured list. Which I'm going to use this to kind of springboard to our special for this week. Because we've had a number of prospects debuting in recent years and this year more i think than uh in previous years we've had a surplus of the top tier guys the big names of henry davis and nick gonzalez leover paguero Andy rodriguez quinn priester uh burrows michael burrows if he hadn't gotten injured in spring training likely would have been on that list but we're seeing a lot of struggles from the, those big prospects, uh, Luis Ortiz, who we saw last year, has really struggled. Ronzi Contreras. He's, I mean, these guys aren't prospects, really, anymore, but they are still young, still haven't even gone through a full season, really, and uh, struggling. And then we're seeing Priester and Davis, and Gonzalez, uh, Triolo, I think he's pretty much was playing to what we expected. And I think his, his uh, demotion of sorts back to indie was mostly so he can play every day, but Nick Gonzalez struggling. Like we're seeing few and far between examples of these guys coming up and performing. Well, do you see that as a talent assessment issue? A development issue? Is it a problem at the major league level? Like w- where do you think is, is the, the drop off that's causing this issue?
0: Well, I have just personally, I feel like it's the issues at the major league level. <clears throat> but you have to think that, you know, whether it's hitting, pitching, it has to be throughout the system of what they want to do. Like, you know, if Marines throwing it, a game plan together that, you know, you, they want pitchers that are throwing sinkers. Or their curve a lot, or whatever the change up. I mean, obviously, as they're coming up through the system, that's something they have to be working on throughout, I would imagine. I, I can't see, you know, AAA them being like having the, the idea of whatever is your best pitch or whatever, go with that without cycling in whatever they're doing in the major leagues because if that's the case then you're not going to be prepared when you go up there because they're going to change the plan up on you. So I have to think that the system-wide plan but at the same time like you had said it seems like everyone that gets called up whether it be um, you know hitting or pitching has really digressed and it's frustrating from as a fan standpoint.
1: Yeah. I, like it's, I mean, it's, it is it's frustrating. Not the,
0: it's not just the uptick in talent that they're seeing. You can't just say, oh, you know, you went from hitting 370 in AAA, now you, you're hitting 205 or whatever is going on. Something is changing, and I don't I, I don't know where it is.
1: Yeah. Among the rookies, highest war currently. And I'm just looking at ESPN. I'm not looking at, like, fan graphs or anything where the stats are going to be strong i think uh jerry triolo 0.7 war he batted 273 350 314 triple slash like a 664 ops isn't what you want from your third baseman but he's got a plus glove he gets on base at a good clip i think that's that's a valuable piece i just don't think there wasn't a place to play him really you know paguero has been swinging a hot stick lately Uh, I think he's had like five home runs since he came up.
0: I feel like Triolo could have shifted over to shortstop and been successful, though.
1: Potentially. He has played some shortstop in the minor leagues. Alika Williams is really sharp there. I know his bat isn't that great, but he's certainly talented. But besides like JT, Andy, I think only recently has started kind of picking it back up. Had a three hit game the other night, and uh, Peggy starting to hit again. Everyone else is like providing negative net war. So I don't, I'm not sure. And as we understand, it's a completely different animal, major league hitting, major league pitching against what they're seeing, even in indie. And it's very talented pitchers and hitters that you're going to see in triple a but major leagues the the top tier creme de la creme like you're facing some very talented guys from all across the world and they're just the struggles that they're experiencing is is frustrating especially because we've got another potential wave of talent coming up soon With guys like Jared Jones, Anthony Salameto, Paul Skeens, you gotta hope that they can't screw him up because he's been doing some crazy impressive things in a very small sample size as the number three overall prospect in all of baseball.
0: Yeah, and like for me personally, one of my biggest things is you have guys that like really never had strikeout issues that it seems like that's all they're doing now, like. It's almost as if their bat-to-ball
1: skills have disappeared. Once again, they're getting pitched more professionally because it's the major leagues. But like Henry, I, I understand
0: that, but you, you know, your bat-to-ball skills don't just go away. Like that's what got you there.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: understand getting fooled on some pitches and getting exposed for other things. Yep, but it should not just be,
1: you know, a complete flip flop. Um, Well, if you look at Davis and I was talking to I was on Pirates fan forum with um, Gary Morgan and Jim Stam the other day for their hundredth episode, they had a bunch of us uh, back on the show and my topic that I want to talk about was Henry Davis and how he's kind of gotten put through the ringer because he's supposed to be a catcher. They've used him pretty much exclusively in right field minus 2 innings behind the plate struggled defensively had a bobble today completely whiffed on a play the other night like it's it's something that like he's going to be able to work through it but at the same time he's also having struggles at the plate and trying to adjust to major league hitting while trying to adjust to a position that he had only played like what 20 innings before this season Like, it was only a few games at the end of the year, and he did not want to be doing it. He's in a
0: very rough position, like you said, trying to learn a new position and also adjust to major league pitching. Obviously taking a toll on him
1: because you can see in his stats. It feels like they're putting him in position to fail. Yeah. I, I don't... Like, I know you can't DH him, because they're playing Kutch so much. And Kutch is putting up, despite, I mean, like he had the five RBI game yesterday. And we'll talk about this past week. But overall, he's he's not hitting much. He's getting on base and probably should be in the leadoff spot or in the two spot. But for some reason, he, he just bats third because, you know, why not? I mean, he's got a 250 batting average, which that's pretty good for what you expect from him at this point in his career. But as the DH, you expect more power. His slugging is 385. He's got a 374 on base percentage, which is great. That's up towards the elite levels. But his slugging of 385 is, let's see. Again, everyone on the team It is. Below delay, Jason Delay, which I mean, you know, he's he's hit the ball pretty well. Andy, Connor, Joe, Peggy, and Hayes, and uh, Rios. Well,
0: would you rather have someone like Kutch in the lineup or someone like Sawinski, who his slugging is much higher? but he strikes out 38% of the time.
1: <laughs> well, Sawinski's a, a different conversation and maybe we could, we could place him in this group because he's only, this is his first full season. He came up pretty early last year and certainly showed some struggles. It's possible that he goes and has 30 home runs this season. He's pretty unlikely. He's at 21 and he's had like three hits in all of August. Maybe less than that. Actually, let me just double check. This is just. This is gonna be like a team bashing episode. <laughs> uh, it's not meant to be. He has four hits in August. I see. How here. many
0: strike? How many strikeouts
1: does he have in August? Twenty-five strikeouts. He has thirteen walks. He walked like three straight innings in last night's game, the seventh day of the ninth. Um, so, like, he gets a fair <laughs> amount of walks. So, if you're like, okay, well, you know, his but his on base percentage for the month two seventy seven with a point zero seven eight. Batting average. I mean, I'm not, and from whom I've, from people I've talked to, Sawinski is part of the equation for the foreseeable future on this team. But man, he's got to get something right because these cold stretches are turning into cold months. And that's turning into a really awful stat line.
0: Yeah. It's been far too common that he's just like a streaky player and it's not what you want. <laughs> you don't want streaky players. He said yeah. four hit, four hits in the month of August? That's
1: five. Oh, five now? It's August 20th. That's not... <laughs> That's... <laughs> it wasn't in today's game. It, it's, you know, borderline unacceptable. It's definitely frustrating.
0: Um, It's essentially hedges with power.
1: Which we haven't even seen in a while. So I don't want to stay too long on the hitting side. Turning over to the pitching. Quinn Priester really struggled. I don't think that, like he got a win in one of his games, but I don't think that you would look at his line and say, okay, this guy has had a successful first run.
0: No, I think he gave up like five runs in that win.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He gave up, let's
0: see. When did he get that win? Last week, I think.
1: Um, no, he has two wins. He won uh, July 24th against the Padres. 5.1 innings, four runs. And then uh, July 29th versus the Phillies. five. Innings, five runs. Um, the strikeouts aren't great. I mean, on the season, he's got 23 strikeouts in, let's see, how many innings? 28.2 innings. And he's not going to be a huge strikeout guy, unfortunately. I, considering I, don't ca-
0: like, I don't care about strikeouts, though. If you can get outs, that's all that matters to me. I
1: mean, yeah. Dallas Keuchel only had three strikeouts in the game today, and he went... innings before you even give up a hit. I I
0: forget who it was.
1: It was a... It might
0: have been Wainwright, actually, during one of the games. And I think the Pittsburgh crew had him on for an interview. And he was talking about strikeouts, and he's like, everyone worries about getting all these strikeouts. He's like, all that does is, like, up your pitch count.
1: This is sounding like some 2013 Ray Searage
0: talk. (laughs) Would you you rather have... you know, 11 strikeouts, but have 110 pitches in the fifth inning? Or would you rather finish the game with 110 pitches and throw eight innings of, you know, three-run ball? Just get, you know, get a lot of ground outs or whatnot?
1: I mean, you want a, a guy who can do both. You want a guy who, who can get the strikeouts when they need to. And a guy who can... Um, be efficient when they need to. Well, that's fine. That's not the question I asked you. Of course <laughs> you want that guy. I, I I think if you're if you're saying like, hey, would you rather a guy who can get strikeouts or a guy who can get just, just get a outs. Bunch of ground balls. Ground balls can sneak through. Strikeouts can't. Uh if yeah, you...
0: but, like I said, if you you can have 13 strikeouts and still give up seven runs because every other thing that isn't a strikeout is a hit.
1: I, I think I don't know. I think you rather the guy who can get the strikeout. I'd, it's, I'd rather um, a soft contact pitcher. I mean, I'll, maybe we'll put up a poll. Whether somebody wants a, a guy who can get soft contact and and low exit below. or
0: that's that's the, it's the same question of hey, would you rather have someone that only hits home runs or someone that has a three twenty batting average? Yeah, I'd rather the guy that has a three twenty batting average. I don't care if Swinsky can hit thirty home runs a year if he's batting. 197 that (laughs) I'm not impressed by that
1: yeah I was just
0: using him as an example no 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 I mean if we're looking
1: if we're looking at extreme cases look at the Marlins they've got uh, Jorge Soler who has like 30 some home runs but I think he's batting like his weight and then you've got Luis Arias who was flirting with 400 as recently as July
0: Schwarber is another one
1: Schwarber and, well, I mean they've got Trey Turner. Turner hasn't done as well, but like Trey Turner's not going to hit you home runs. Schwarber is, but like he's he's not going to hit for average. He gets on base. And they put him in the leadoff spot for a reason because of that. But yeah, they're idiots for doing that too. <laughs> he, he gets on base a lot. Different argument. Going back to the pitching, Quinn Priester, the struggles, and it's funny that you brought up. Uh, Wainwright, because I see Priesters' curve as his biggest weapon, and he has not been throwing it nearly enough. Like if you, it's got some really good drop. I think it was getting like whiffs like crazy, and then he was going back to his 92 fastball that has no movement on it, and it was just getting crushed.
0: Which is another issue because he was throwing 98 in the minors. He
1: was never throwing 98.
0: Some I, I, I saw someone was. else
1: saying that and I was like he was definitely not pretty sure he was. He through mid 90s. And it's it, it either way
0: it's uh, we dropped. just talked about it a couple weeks ago on the episode how it seems like all of our young pitching studs their velos have all dropped.
1: Yep. It, and it's not something where he's getting control because he's walking a strangely like, large amount of batters when that was not part of his approach. He was, he was actually a pretty good control pitcher. Six starts, 28.2 innings, 18 walks. That's a lot of walks. Well, Beautiful. I'm interested to see what happens with Jones
0: when he gets called up. Because if his velo drops, then...
1: It's definitely a Looking for a healthy snack that is high in protein and actually tastes good? Check out Built Bars and Built Puffs. With new flavors dropping all the time, these bars are packed with protein while tasting like chocolate bars. From brownie batter to cookies and cream, salted caramel, and my favorite, cookie dough chunk, these are a delicious and protein-packed meal alternative for every member of the family. Order on built.com and use code JANELLE10 for 10% off. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E, the number 10, for 10% off your next Built order today. All right. Well, we'll get back to this topic, but let's talk about our weekly recap. Heading into Queens, face the Mets, felt like the teams matched up pretty well. Results didn't quite meet those expectations. A solid middle outing resulted in a 7-4 win, sandwiched by two stinkers. Lost 7-2 on Monday and 8-3 on Wednesday. And then up in the Twin Cities for the weekend series, Pablo Lopez dominated the Bucs in Game 1 to a 5-1 loss. Saturday seemed to be heading the same way as Sonny Gray retired the first 16 batters he faced. But Bucks exploded with a big sixth inning. Kutch drove in five runs, including his first home run since June 30th, and the team won 7-4. And then today, Dallas Keiko, of all people, retires the first 19 batters he faces. And the Bucks were not able to break through this time, dropping the game 2-0, only had two uh, hits the entire game. So that was a bit of a frustrating week, especially because, like, it did feel like, and this kind of goes back to what we say, like, we just crush aces. Like, Spencer Strider, Shohei Otani, you know, Verlander, if we'd faced him, I'm sure we'd... We, we, just be destroying these guys. If we go face Dallas Keiko, who comes in with a nine ERA, and he throws a perfect game for six-plus innings.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Sonny Gray's had a good year. Pablo Lopez isn't a bad pitcher. Oh, he's a very good pitcher. So, you know, not upset. I mean, Obviously, you're upset when you don't do good against anybody, but they're more understandable to have them kind of shut down the offense. Keiko is not
1: (laughs) yeah and two days in a row where the opponent has not just a no hitter a perfect game going 5.1 innings for sunny gray 6.1 innings for keichel today is this something where andy haynes is even the hitting coach when we wake up tomorrow because he should be there's
0: I don't think you'd find many arguments that he should be.
1: Like, he wasn't successful in, in Milwaukee. You see, Yelich, he's managed to bounce back from whatever Haynes did to him. Everybody, it seems like, has regressed with him there. And you don't want to just blame one guy, but at the same time, I he seems like the obvious reason.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the players that didn't regress, like Kutch, probably just ignore him. Probably like, dude, I'm just as old as you. I am not doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Guys who kinda of, I know like what works. All, all of the veterans were kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm not here to learn. I'm here to do my thing. Which is, you know, why I, I got paid to come here. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's frustrating. And I think Oscar Marine is doing a good job because we are seeing some successes from guys. Mitch Keller bounced back, had uh, what was that, Saturday's game? 12 strikeouts in six innings?
0: Yeah, but I heard that was just because of where they were playing. Kuch said you could not see the ball for the first like six innings.
1: Yeah, Keller definitely took advantage of that. Um, But at the same time, he limited it to just the two runs when they did start hitting. I, I mean, they were hitting. Minnesota's used to it because it's their home park. So I don't think I don't think the advantage was equal both ways. No, it depends
0: if it was a shadow issue, I don't think you can get used to that.
1: Maybe. But I mean it I was glad to see that he had another solid start after last Sunday six innings, two runs only one earned against the Reds. So that's you know back to back very good outings. Previous one, 5 innings, 3 hit or 3 runs. So, hopefully Keller's bouncing back. Cuz he's someone that like what is our rotation right now? If you look at the depth chart, it's Mitch Keller. I think they've got Bailey Falter listed second, but Johan Oviedo, Bailey Falter, Andre Jackson, he started a couple games now it's uh, kind of like a hodgepodge
0: after you get past we got to stop using that word <laughs> <laughs> they need to give us a reason to stop using that word oh man
1: it's we don't we we can't have bullpen games i'm gl- like it we could it it sucks that we couldn't get the offense going because despite the fact that we did a bullpen game ryan Barucki started today Two perfect innings. No hits, no walks, nothing. Osvaldo Badeau came in, and he did pretty well. 3.1 innings, did give up two runs. But I think he got like six strikeouts, and that's nothing with the shadows. Twins were just crazy swingers. I will say, Las Diaz was behind the dish today. And, you know, everyone who says, oh, Angel Hernandez is the worst ump in baseball, Las Diaz is pretty darn close. Because he I was, know he had
0: a, a rough game with the Yankees uh, like a week or two ago. Yeah,
1: Boone got ejected after mocking him or before mocking him, probably. Right, and the I issue
0: was, was like Boone came out on an actual strike. <laughs> yeah. It's like and all the bad calls that happen and then you come out on the one call that was actually right.
1: <laughs> and that's what I was waiting for Shelton to do, to wait for like, a call that he actually got right to come out and get rung up and like you know tossed. Because there was the three strikeouts that... Keiko got I think two of them were looking and they were both off the plate and the third one that was swinging was like also off the plate but he was expanding like Diaz was forcing hitters to expand the zone and so they were swinging at pitches that they probably shouldn't have there was a number of times that it would have been ball four but our guys were swinging because he had been calling those pitches strikes
0: yeah I'm, I'm okay with strikeouts when it comes to that aspect Like, if an umpire is forcing you to swing at a bad pitch, I mean, hopefully you can foul it off, but there's really nothing you can do if the guy's just calling everything a strike.
1: Yeah, and Keiko, to his credit, he was getting a lot of ground balls. He was getting a lot of weak contact. We weren't, like, hitting line drives to outfielders too much. But, man, he was getting some pitches that were putting our, like, he was getting calls on pitches that were putting our guys in bad counts from the start. And that is really frustrating. it'll be interesting to see the uh, scorecard on this game. (laughs) I can imagine it's not good. But let's look down on the farm quick. Indianapolis Indians, uh, only a couple miles away from the Pirates this past week, uh, or at least this past weekend, as they were facing the St. Paul Saints. Split the six-game series, three games apiece. Altoona Curve at the Bowie Bay Sox. Curve dropped four of six in the series. Greensboro Grasshoppers facing... The Bowling Green Hot Rods, and they won a five of six in the series. Brayton Marauders at Lakeland Flying Tigers split the series three to three. Uh, and as we mentioned before, Paul Skeens, he pitched two innings in the game today and got two strikeouts. I was just looking at the stats earlier, and I forget what it was, but uh, did not even allow a hit, I believe. Let me just double-check on that. But reportedly... I think, you know, mackey has been saying his next start's going to end up being in Altoona. Yep, no hits, no walks, just two strikeouts. Two innings. Reportedly, his next start's going to be in Altoona. Uh, Jason Mackie, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, a friend of the show, certainly someone that gets more intel than we do, has said that he'll likely be in Altoona this week for his next start. He has also said, and I talked to Yark about this last week, that Skeens could make an appearance in Pittsburgh by the end of the season. Now, Ben Charrington was on uh, the ninety-three-seven The Fan today for his weekly show and said that Skeens, they don't expect him to throw too many innings today. Uh, it'll be like under 20 professional innings. And he's already thrown like four or five. But that's not to say he can't still get a couple innings in either, you know, if they keep him in Bradenton, if they send him to Greensboro or Altoona, like he could still have a couple more games, especially, you know, if they spread them out. So he's not getting too much of a workload because there's still a little over a month, five weeks left in the season. Certainly a uh, potential for innings there for him to throw. Yeah. Pitching coaches needed to stay away from
0: him. <laughs>
1: Just go out and do your thing. I mean, there's nothing. <sighs> His stuff is so good. Fastball.
0: If it's not broke, don't fix it. Just.
1: Oh yeah. I, yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna. Um, now, uh, when I was talking to Gary Morgan the other day, he mentioned that um, he's noticed that Skeens will stand on one side of the pitching roper when facing a lefty, and the other side when facing a righty, and like it, that, that may be something that guys will be able to pick up on. I haven't been able. I tried to watch his first start last week, and I just could not even get into the stream because so many people were watching it because it was free on MLB TV. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like,
0: like, other successful pitchers have done that. You want to yeah. change, you know, where the ball's coming from.
1: Sure. Um, I don't know if that's going to impact anything. Overall. But, uh, like, his fastball, he was hitting 102. And, you know, it's a small sample size, but he, that's something that it's nice to see from your top prospect. Uh, the slider was really strong. Ton of break. He was getting big swings on it. And what was the other pitch? His changeup? I think his changeup was really strong too. Like he's got three... Yeah. Pl- he's got two plus-plus pitches. Fastball and slider. And I think the changeup is at least plus. I thought the changeup was a plus-plus as well. It, it might be. I'd have to go and check the how it's ranked. But... Like, if you've got a guy who is, what, 22 with three plus-plus pitches, like this, we joked and said, oh, you know, if they don't pick Dylan Cruz, it's it's like the dumbest. It's such a no-brainer decision. Man, this could be a game-changer with Skeens. That said, we don't have many hitting prospects left who haven't debuted yet. You know, there's... Jamar Johnson, who hit another home run yesterday, Grand Slam, after he got hit by a pitch on Thursday, Friday, whatever game it was, came back, hits a Grand Slam. Like the the power he's been showing in Greensboro, granted, but um like he's he's just been on a tear after a, he's slow still start a couple of years out. Yeah. But we don't have, a, and that's the thing. Like, what? Who's the next big hitting prospect for us? I don't know. Like, is there concern with the fact that we don't have much depth for, like, top tier hitters? Right now well, it, like after him it's mitch it's, jeb for hitters who haven't debuted
0: it's not that we don't have a lot of depth it's just we had a ton of hitters kind of debut this year guys that you know were projected to be good hitters with gonzalez davis andy uh peggy i mean bay was he's average never like a power threat same thing with triolo so yeah. like, there's a big that's a, that's a big group of young kids that came up that
1: are supposed to be top bats. so yeah, and ideally we're gonna get some more talent either through drafting because we're probably we're gonna have another high draft pick next year, regardless of whether we win the draft mm-hmm. lottery again or not. Um, we're still gonna be able to stock the team with talent through, international signings
0: well Brannigan and... would be another one he's been would really you say well.
1: Brannigan Brannigan it yeah I mean he's I think he's on the list somewhere currently ranked 26th but yeah he's been it's towards the back end of the 30 you're seeing more guys and they may reshuffle this later on but I don't know. It's it's definitely top heavy with pitchers, which is good. It's not a bad thing. But now it's kind of feeling like, okay, well, if these hitters aren't hitting, we don't have someone to like come up and replace them. Like when yeah, you look it's at it's not
0: a bad thing if your MLB roster is loaded with people that can hit.
1: Yeah. If you're the Atlanta Braves, it's like who cares? Because right. you you've got like you're loaded at every position right now. But you're not. You're the Pittsburgh Pirates. You got to say, okay, we have many areas where we could upgrade. Where do we find the guys? Like you look at the Altoona roster and you're like, okay, there's some okay guys here, but is there a future all-star? Is there a future you know, gold glover, silver slugger for as much as those awards mean? But like someone who, who can hit you 280 with 30 home runs like first base is a big hole in this organization and that's that's kind of like a universal thing cuz guys fall into first base. Malcolm Nuñez was supposed to be our first baseman before that Mason Martin before that Will Craig, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't I like there's there's been so many and, and it could still end up being Nuñez. But I it could because
0: that's like you said that's probably our Position with the least amount of depth, you know, catching was that, and now we're we've got pretty good catching throughout the system.
1: I agree.
0: I mean, we're always loaded with middle infielders. I complain about that constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it'll resolve itself. I I do like our pitching depth with guys like Skeens and Jones and Salamito. Priester, I'm, I'm really hoping that as he goes back to Indy, it's to focus on the curve and trying to throw that more because I, I, I see that being his weapon. If he could throw that like 30% of the time, it's going to make the fastball play up so much more, even if it, it's sitting low 90s. All right. Well, let's look ahead. Heading back home, we've got three games against the St. Louis Cardinals and four versus the Cubs Divisional Series. We don't have starters officially named for any of the games. So for the card series, they did announce that uh, Drew Rom, a lefty that they acquired in the Jack Flaherty trade with the Orioles, he will be making his debut tomorrow. Adam Wainwright is scheduled for Tuesday. And then Matthew Liberatori, another lefty, will be pitching on Wednesday. But, like I said, no starters announced officially for the Pirates. And hopefully they do change something. I mean, we had talked about how uh, Luis Ortiz maybe would have come up at some point to be part of that rotation again. Maybe Jared Jones makes the jump. I don't think his last outing went too good. But, like, overall this season, I I think he's been having a, a fair amount of success. So it, it, it is tough to judge without knowing our starting pitchers, but knowing the Cardinals starting pitchers and the offense that they have, what are your thoughts on those games? Yeah, uh, Like you said,
0: we have no idea who's going to be on the <laughs> mound for us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How do you possibly, you know, try to predict if you're going to win a game if you don't know who's pitching?
1: Okay, well, let's just talk about matching up with the Cardinals. They've got Goldschmidt still. They've got Arenado. They've got some other, like, not terrible pieces in their lineup. Uh, Nolan Gorman, Wilson Contreras. I I think he's, you know, kind of fallen off a bit, but it's getting back. Newbar, Tyler Edmond. I mean, they've they've got a lot of good like guys who are playing well. In general, they just ha- they have no pitching. And maybe these... Yeah. I think Wainwright's pitching. been really bad this season. Not having Molina back there. He, retiring a, a season too late. But... I, I think that anytime we face the Cardinals, it's a battle. And I wouldn't count us out against them, and I wouldn't count them out against us. Even if we go out there with, like, if it's, like, Keller, Oviedo, Skeens, I'm sure the Cardinals are still going to be tough to beat.
0: Yeah, basically, it's the two cellar dwellers of the NL Central playing each other to see
1: who can gonna be gain fifth. a little bit of ground. <laughs> yep. And I think, like, we've been doing okay lately. We have not been, I'll say this, we have not been swept in a series since just after the all-star break we got swept by the giants and everybody talks about how the baltimore orioles they haven't been swept in a series since adley rushman debuted with them i think that's still the case
0: i thought but, there was a, a pretty long stretch where we didn't get where we didn't lose a series after the all-star break
1: yes we haven't lo- we haven't gotten swept in a series since july i have to go back and check the scores but yeah it was we like didn't july lose 20th the series not swept I know. Um, We did okay after that. So let me look at the schedule here. So we were swept by the Giants in Pittsburgh, 14 through the 16. And then we lost the next series to the Guardians, not swept. And then we took two of three from the Angels and took two of three from the Padres, took two of three from the Phillies.
0: When was the All-Star break?
1: Uh, middle of july
0: okay so you're going back too far
1: (laughs) i'm saying like right after the all-star break
0: right but two of those series you mentioned were before the all-star break
1: no i'm everything was after the all-star break you're killing me how do you think we're going to do against the cardinals I think we're going to lose two. <laughs> I mean, depends on what our pitching situation is, but no, based on how
0: you didn't ask me that you said, how are we going to do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm saying how I think we're going to do. I think it's going to be tough, especially facing two lefties after seeing how poorly we faced. We did against one today. Um, Cubs series again, nobody officially marked for our side. looks like it's going to be Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks, uh, Assad and Smiley for the Cubs if they continue lining up as how they are. And the Cubs have been, uh, I think they're currently maybe tied for the second wild card or the third wild card. They're a game up on Cincinnati for the third wild card in the National League. So they're they're right there. I'm sure they'll be babbling. Man, the playoff picture is so weird this year. The fact that, like, the Padres, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Yankees, none of them are going to make it. The Angels were buyers at the deadline. They're probably not going to make it. They're eight and a half back from the third wild card just wild how baseball goes sometimes. Yeah,
0: sometimes everyone thought preseason with the Mets, with, you know, the roster they were putting together. And now half the players don't even play for them anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for all of us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at 412 Double Play. Still posting pitcher previews, game recaps on Sundays and Mondays, general Pirates uh, sh- uh, shenanigans you can follow ed at ed underscore wassell continue listening to us on spotify apple podcasts wherever else podcasts are found make sure to subscribe so you get notified when we drop new episodes from all of us here at the 412 double play podcast thank you for joining us and let's go bucks
0: let's go Bucks!